it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rich Eisen best of. This is the Rich Eisen show. Live from the Rich Eisen show studio in Los Angeles. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Here's the one thing about the Mets that I didn't see coming. Because I've been wondering what's wrong with the Mets this year. I love Pete Alonzo, and he's the right guy. He's the right guy for that job, man. Love DeGrom, Syndergaard when he's healthy or not getting COVID like he did on his birthday to push off a rehab start yesterday. There's lots to like about the Mets. That stadium, everybody who's been in that stadium loves it. But I had no idea, was it the hitting, was it the pitching, the lack of timely hitting, the lack of pitching that's wrong with the Mets? Nope. T.J. Jefferson, I don't know if you were aware of it, mm-hmm. but it was the fans not being better. <laughs> it was the fans who have to do better. Didn't know about that one <laughs> until yesterday when the Cub that they acquired on the trade deadline day, Javi Baez with his son, adorable son, dressed in a hat and eye black just like daddy, sitting on his, his lap because daddy homered for the Mets, which is a sight for sore eyes for Mets fans. Because Baez has been hitting 207 since being acquired on the trade deadline day, after which the, the uh, Mets have been 9 and 20. 11 games under 500. This is what Baez had to say when asked about the thumbs down signal he has been flashing, along with teammates Francisco Lindor, Kevin Pillar. What's with the thumbs down symbol that you're performing? Because, you know, as you know, and Major League Baseball players, when they get on base, they'll signal something to the dugout. Yeah, it's a thing The now. Yankees have had it the last two years. Last year, it was going like this, which was yep. Brett Gardner using a bat that he bashed the roof of the dugout and the famed savages in the box moment for their manager last year, Aaron Boone. This year, the Yankees are taking their arm and putting it in the air you know, bent at the elbow and then bashing their elbow with their other hand. I don't know what that is, but they're shout doing out, it. Shout out Larry Johnson. Is that what they're doing? No, I have no idea. I have idea. no idea. <laughs> but the Mets have been doing lately thumbs down. Mm-hmm. And Javi Baez was asked about it yesterday. What does the thumbs down celebration after a big hit mean? It's a booze that we get. You know, we like we're not we're not machines. We're gonna struggle, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna struggle seven times out of out of ten. And and you know, it just it just feels bad when 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 we strike out when I strike out and I get booed, you know it doesn't really get to me. But like I want I want to let them know that 
when we success, we're gonna do the same thing to to know how to to let them know how how it feels, you know. Because if we win together, then we we gotta lose together, you know. And 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 the fans are really big part of it. So, um, in my case, they they gotta be better, you know. I I play for the fans and I love the fans, but you know if if they're gonna do that, they they just putting more pressures on the team, and and that's not that's not what we want. So, are, is that a thumbs down to fans then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to let them know that that when we when we don't get success, we're gonna get booed. So we they're gonna get booed when when we, when we success. So if the fans are gonna boo, then when the Mets are successful, they're gonna wind up booing the fans if they're not there for the down times. When the Mets do something positively, they're gonna show the fans. We don't. We're booing you, even though you're cheering us, because you boo us when we need you to be there when we're down and out. And I'll be honest with you, that's the way I always consider friends—the good, true blue friends. Stay with Susie you. and I refer to our true blue friends in Los Angeles as the 405 friends. What does that mean? If you're broken down on the 405, they'll come get you. Correct. Yeah. The difference is, is that the fans are not your friends. They're your paying customers. They're not your friends. <laughs> True. All right. They're not your friends. They're your paying customers. And they root for the laundry, Javi. That's what one of your most famous fans will tell you. Seinfeld says they root for the laundry. They root for the name on the front and the city that your team represents, that you now represent. And if he is, Javi, I'm always here to help people out. As a native New Yorker, let me help you out on this. Everybody who's played for a New York franchise, everybody, name him or her. Yes, even the Liberty, right? Name him or her. They have been booed. Derek Jeter in 2004, with already five trophies in the case, had a dreadful hitting streak. He got booed. His response was, I would boo myself. That's a New York athlete. Or you could say Boston athlete, Philadelphia athlete. Uh, and, and another thing, too, is, you know, where Javi comes from professionally in Chicago, you know, where Cubs fans might boo, but they're also might also be booing the guy who's not bringing them a beer fast enough for their <laughs> second or third and the lovable loser that... They were that they no longer were because Javi Baez and the rest of the team did so well to finally get them over the hump. The other team in town, and I'll just say this, even though I spent only one year in Chicago, and I say this with all due respect to White Sox fans, the other team in Chicago is kind of the Mets in the equation, even though you know they had won more recently than the Cubs up until the Cubs finally got over the top. Cubs are like the Yankees in that town in terms of people who live and die and all of that stuff. So there's another team in New York who the fans who are booing the Mets because they have had enough over the years. And they are booing you in particular, Javi, because the Yankees on the trade deadline also got themselves a Chicago Cub, and all he has done, pretty much, is produce. 
and an RBI in seven of his first eight games. He homered right away. And the Mets fans in that town are hearing it from their friends. They're hearing it. They don't like it. They don't like it one bit. Because we Yankee fans are friggin' obnoxious. And we're up in their grill. Up in their grill. Loving it. And the Mets fans are also seeing the Giants acquired a Cub. And that guy, Chris Bryant, is also pretty terrific. And this guy, you, come to the Mets and not only hit 207, but apparently hatch an idea in the clubhouse to bond and using a dislike of the fans to bond, enlisting, apparently, it seems, because he's also thumbs down, the guy who just signed a 10-year, $341 million contract on the hook with the Mets this year for $43 million. Those numbers are not typos. Francisco Lindor hitting 224 on the season is thumbs downing the Met fan? <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Is there a mirror anywhere in the borough of Queens <laughs> to not only show them why they're being booed, but also on occasion, based on like when DeGrom was healthy, out on the mound, not getting any run support, just to see if they can fog up that mirror. So, does it suck to be booed? Yeah. You know what? I hate, and I, I see it. I don't like it, but I pay no mind to it. TJ has a problem getting past it. I know my wife does sometimes when she sees it. The I get booed by half my tweets. I see I suck. I'm bald. I'm fat. Sometimes I get I'm Jewish. I'm no, seriously. Sometimes you get all what? sorts of crazy stuff. Wait, fat? fat? Fat. Oh, yeah. Fat, oh. bald, Jewish, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. I, I get everything, and it's terrible. And I accept that I suck, I'm bald, whatever. The Jewish stuff I don't, in the same way that Marcus Stroman yeah, knew Met, apparently, as he has shown, he's getting racist stuff sent to him. That's beyond the yes. pale. Yeah. You cannot pay for a ticket and be racist. That is not acceptable. But you as a fan showing up and booing your team, to me is something I grew up with. You might disagree because I put out on my Instagram that this is the most toxic concept of team chemistry and the dumbest poop I've seen ever in sports. And the responses I got back, what's more of a toxic waste of energy than booing your own team? Maybe you're not supposed to boo your team. Maybe you're supposed to sit there and watch somebody while Anthony Rizzo's dialing it up in the Bronx and you're getting your brains beaten in and this guy's going thumbs down to you, you're supposed to sit and take it. And the difference that I'm also getting from people in response, and I'll say it here, is why am I defending Osaka and Simone Biles about their saying that the responses they're getting from fans and is mentally messing with them that maybe Baez, I've gotten this, maybe Baez, this is his response to being mentally messed with with booing. And the thing is that Biles and Osaka are not thumbs downing the fans. 
They're just saying, I don't want to talk to the media. Yeah, big difference. Which I also say the media is a representative of the fans, but I'm also saying to Baez and Lindor, and apparently Pilar said they're just having fun. And Stroman's like saying the media is just trying to stir stuff up. Doesn't look like it. But all I'm saying is that in New York City, you're going to get booed when you do not perform, certainly by a fan base that's dying for success and also coming up with an idea that you're banding together, sitting there instead of figuring out together what can be done collectively to get the individuals better. I don't know what that is, but the toxic waste of energy energy to sit here and go, let's boo the fans. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Whenever we get a hit, because I, you know, Francisco, you've been hearing it all year, right? Whenever I get a hit, because I've just been here for a cup of coffee for a month, whenever I get a hit, I'm going to go like this, and then you go like this, and then we'll we'll all go like this, and then we're going to bond together. So let the fans know if they're booing us when we're bad, we're going to boo them when we're good. What a brilliant idea. <laughs> Look out, Braves. The Giants are going to be quaking in their boots. Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to be just absolutely, oh, my gosh. They're banding together because they don't like some of the fans who boo them. What a toxic waste of energy, and it's such a dumb idea the worst team that money could buy Mets thinks that's dumb. <laughs> to Sandy Alderson, uh, the team president's credit, and the owner, Steve Cohen, um, they're not standing for it. They're saying they're going to tell the Mets, knock it off. What are you doing? What are you doing? Steve Cohen having a little fun with it too, saying that he, he, he's yearning for the moments when they wore black uniforms as the biggest controversy. Can't laugh it off, Stephen A. Cohen too. Back pages already have Mets to fans drop dead. Whew. That's a little extreme. That is aggressive. I mean, come on. But this is the reaction you're going to get in New York City. Come on. And that's a phrase, drop dead, is from the 70s. When Gerald Ford, the president at the time, in the midst of an economic disaster of our country, cut off aid to New York City or whatever the story is. And it's like, hey, well, the headline was uh, Ford to New York, drop dead. That was the headline. That's the phrase that New Yorkers use. This is what they talk about. This is what you're playing into when you're going thumbs down. Are you, you lost your sense of the way it works? Unless you tell me, you could call 844-204-RICH, number to dial, and say it's bad. Don't boo. You're not a real fan if you boo the team. You should not boo the team that you love. Yeah, I put that up as a poll just now. Do it. Go um, for it. At Rich Eisen Show. Do you ever boo your favorite team when they're underperforming? Absolutely or never? Is it right? You could tell me. I'm off base. Fans are not your friends. They're your paying customers, and they are rooting for the team that's right across the chest. Also, Rich, that famous uh, Gerald Ford quote. So on October 29th, 1975, President Ford denies the near-bankrupt New York City a federal bailout. And the next day in the Daily News, infamous headline, drop dead. Yeah. Ford to city. Ford to city, drop dead the next day. I remember that. 1975. So that's the uh, New York telling, going thumbs down on the president. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, 
I, I can't be, I could not believe it when I saw that yesterday. It's clearly, you know, and part of it too, I'm telling you. Yankees get a cub, they go on a 13-game win streak. Mets get a cub, thumbs down on the fans. And getting Lindor with a 10-year contract in on it. Oh, boy. <laughs> so you know what we need to do? Here's what you got to do, Mets fans. Go get Mr. Met, put him out there, and show him the finger. That's right. <laughs> He's done it before. So Mr. Met's given a middle <laughs> finger to a fan, and the players have given the thumbs down to fans. Good news, Mets fans. There's only three other fingers left. There's only three other fingers. Not the index and this one. The this pinky. one will be the, this one will be good. The index finger would be good. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is a Rich Eisen best of. I'm such a fan of this guy, and I've told it to his face when I've had a uh, fortune to uh, be uh, in his presence. Uh, one of the greatest, I think, compliments you can give an actor is he's he or she is great in everything. And that includes The Protégé, which I saw last night in advance of this interview. It's available in theaters this Friday, uh, starring Maggie Q, Samuel L. Jackson, and this man, Michael Keaton, here on The Rich Eisen Show. How have you been, sir? I haven't seen you for a while. It's been way too long. Were you just talking about Rudd, Paul Rudd? Yeah, Rudd is a diehard Chiefs guy, but he grew up loving the Steelers, and he knew them like left, right, up, and down by name and number and everything. I knew I liked this guy. <laughs> I, seriously, he makes me laugh. One day, um, we were standing there somewhere at some event somewhere, and I had never met him, but we kind of nodded at each other across the room. Yeah. 
and uh, the person I was with and I walked over because she had commented. But she said, "Paul Rudd has the greatest skin," <laughs> and, and so I said, "Oh, this is perfect." So, so I went over and said, "Hey, uh, it's nice to meet you, but more importantly, can I say you've the nicest skin?" <laughs> So did you talk moisturizers with him? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's right. Of course, obviously, that's where it went. Yes. How do you moisturize, Paul? Exactly. He's very funny. And now, man, he's a Steeler fan. That's where it's really uh, he's, Yeah, I mean, he's Mr. Kansas City, and he loves his Chiefs, but I had no idea he grew up with the Steelers. So uh, what do you think of your team going so into this season? You, or should I worry? Here's the, only, here's the only thing I'm worried about. Yes. Boy, maybe I'm going to get in trouble for this, but, boy, that wouldn't be the first time. Um Dude's thirty nine, right? Something like that. He is definitely pushing forty. And and but that's okay because yeah. you when you go, uh, you know when you talk about uh, a couple of quarterbacks like the one we are, you know, the, the probably best. You go, dude's like forty, and you go, yeah, but, but I'm sorry, man. That's forget that, forget that number when it comes to him. With Ben, I'm not sure he has that regimen of the, you know. I exactly the two words you don't usually associate with Ben Roethlisberger, Michael Keaton, are health and nut. That's that's right. you know what I mean. So, <laughs> right. so the question is, is what will happen? But he does look more in shape. Yeah. And here's here's the one guy that I'm pegging. Okay, yeah. for for the Steelers. Okay, it's Najee Harris, the well, kid that yeah. they drafted. Yeah. Because yeah. this but, is the way to get Ben to stop and the offense maybe to stop winging it around 50 times a game, despite uh-huh. how talented their receivers may be, and just give it to this kid and go back to the old school, you know, yeah, Dwight, and, that, and start hitting people in the mouth. That's yeah, the way. That'd be great. I, that's the way I think Tomlin, I think deep down, that's the way he wants to play it too, you know? Yeah. yeah and, that's changed now, right? I mean, the running backs. <clears throat> Remember, man, you you went after a running back. That's who you wanted. You 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 sought those guys out. Now the game's so different. I think people go, yeah, you know, running back. If I get a couple of years out of one, you know, he'll get all beat up, and right. we'll move on to the next kid. There's always going to be some really fast kid and some really good kids in every draft. You know that. I mean, that's the way it seems to go because it's such a throwing game now. You know, but, but I don't know. You know, look. Uh, Let's let's hope, but but they you know they kind of improved the line a little bit, right? Yes, they did, and they and they get Devin Bush back in the middle of that defense. Exactly right, and I love Joe Hayden, man. Uh, I think he's 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 like a unicorn back there in year twelve for him. I don't know, you know, and uh, obviously T.J. Watt. They're they're kind of like the shrug emoji team. They could be they could be dreadful um, based on maybe getting hurt. Uh, with some important players, or they could just be the surprise of 2021 and a nice little throwback for it. That would be awesome. By the way, yes, that's the first. Are you? Did you coin shrug emoji? Yeah, I I don't know. Did I'll ask my guys around here. Have, I, I, they're a shrug emoji team, we, right? We've I been kind of saying it. Well, for, let's do the screw it. Now. Yes, yes, I did coin it. Yes, yes, Michael. Keaton. I love that. Yes, either that's a, shrug. a shrug emoji because because there are some emojis that will just never happen. Like <laughs> like. Let me think this over. I'll get right back to you. Emotion. That's <laughs> way too complicated. <laughs> I would love that. That would be a, that would be Me a too. nice little shorthand for yeah, that sort you of could thing. Put people off for, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. I love this movie, brother. Thanks. The thanks. Protege. Yeah. Thanks. It was. It's. It's. You know, directed by the the same director of Casino Royale, and it yep. does have a great spy thriller, kick ass vibe to it with Maggie Q. You and. 
Samuel L. Jackson. Why why did you say yes to this one? Why did you say let's do it? Well, because that guy really can direct this stuff. Uh, and and I, I thought, wait, have I done this exactly? And uh, when I saw it, I thought, oh, this is this is pretty. This is fun writing. It's it's kind of clever. And and I thought, have I have I done this? And I thought to myself, nah, I'm not sure I really did have done this kind of movie. Uh, character. So I thought, well, let me see if I can get away with one more until they all figure me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are moving around, man, and you're doing you're 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 doing some uh, nifty maneuvers, um, yeah. you know, and in fight scenes. And yeah. then in terms of the writing, there's a scene with you and Maggie Q in a restaurant in a diner. Uh, you know, you're eating or not eating, but you're having dinner in quotes. And, uh, yeah. you know, my wife and I were watching it, and we're like, that was a hell of a scene. Like, the back and forth that the two of you have. Oh, that's that cool scene. that a woman saw it and liked it. She that's, did. That's encouraging. My wife yeah. did, indeed, yes. Yeah, that's good. that is a good scene. That gets pointed out quite a bit. So, uh, that's what I mean. You know, I, I read it, and I thought, oh, this could be fun. You know, um, I haven't quite played this guy. Yeah, it's good. You know, and, and, you know, as far as the other stuff, the physical stuff, you know, let's face it, you know, what, what, which one of us did, who of us didn't, men, goofy, stupid men, didn't mm-hmm. grow up and go, wouldn't it be cool if I could just be the <laughs> out of a bunch of bad guys? <laughs> in a tux. In, in a, a tux. tux. In a and tux. Don't forget the cool. tux. Don't forget just, the tux. Yeah, it just looks so cool doing it. Right. Let me see if I can do that one time. <laughs> and it's in theaters near you this Friday, August 20th. Um, again, The Protégé, great movie, Maggie Q, Samuel L. Jackson, and Michael Keaton here on the Rich Eisen Show. If you would not uh, mind indulging me, uh, sure. I, I, we have a game here called Celebrity True or False, where okay. it's kind of a way for us to go through somebody's filmography, and you have a vast one. And um, police records, I think. And well, yeah, there is there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that people are wondering if it's true or false that's out there on your biographies and stuff like that. Sure, and, sure. Okay, we even have we even have uh, a nice little fun little drop for that sort of thing right here. Michael Keaton on the Rich Eisen Show with Celebrity True or False. Celebrity, true or false? You can't handle the truth. Okay. Do you like our production value, Michael? Do you like the production value? Okay. Here's the first one. Uh, Michael Keaton, celebrity, true or false? You got your acting start playing one of the flying zucchini brothers on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. In Mostly West- true. Okay. Mostly true. What's what's the mostly true part? Well, I've doing plays at the same time. If you okay. if you want to call being one of the zooks. Acting, that's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a Pittsburgh legend, though, right, oh, Mr. These Rogers? Were, these guys were wild, man. They were so fun. Um, and, you know, that happened while we were we were all crew guys, you know, which meant you did a wide variety of things. So most of them had been on the Mr. Rogers crew. You know, you, you, you didn't work exclusively on that because you had to do everything. So one day, uh, Nikki Tallow, who is a legendary character here in <clears throat> Pittsburgh, was tatted up and pierced way before everybody else. And uh, he goes, uh, he, he does this silly thing, and somebody bends over and picks up a wrench and flips it to him and goes, hey. And then somebody did it. So we started goofing around inventing these ridiculous circus tricks. And uh, we got, like, popular. And then we came up with these um, weird costumes, a lot of long underwear. And... <laughs> and uh, and then we'd get hired like court gestures. Like we went to this really rich woman's party one time, and uh, 
by the way, walked off with a few things. <laughs> <laughs> Sticky fingers are very fine if you're a flying fingers. zucchini, brother. Yes, they are. Hey, you know, we're, we're some just crazy Italian guys who are trying to make a living. <laughs> so so it, that was that, and that was really fun. Those guys were really fun guys to hang out with. Next one, uh, Michael Keaton, celebrity, true or false. You originally turned down Beetlejuice and then ad-libbed 90% of the dialogue in the film. Is that true or false? 90 might be high. 90s high. Okay. But it's well over 50. But yes, that's true. So you, why'd you turn it down and then, uh, and, and then ad-lib most of the, the film? Well, like, couldn't understand what Tim was trying to describe because if you think about it, try, you know, let's say you never saw it and you had this idea. You, you be the guy saying, okay, here's what I'm trying to make. <laughs> and, and I knew I liked him. Um, you know, I thought he was, I just liked the guy. And I said, oh, boy, this is, this is some creative person, but I don't know what he's talking about. So, I, I, I you know, it, so no thanks, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed meeting him. And then somebody said, no, give it another shot. You know, just go talk to him. So I did, and I went, same thing. I like this guy, but I, I don't quite get what he's talking about. Then about the third one, I think, I said, oh, he, he threw out some stuff that was a little more specific, and I went, and by the way, he's, he wasn't being coy about it. He, mm-hmm. he was really trying hard, and I wasn't getting it. And then he gave me some, he said, you know, I don't know, maybe this is, and I go, all right, give me the night to think this over. I, I got a couple ideas. So then I went, I went home. I had the studio send me over a rack of clothing. I said, just, just go into the lot, grab me this, 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 this. And then I was alone in my house acting... <laughs> Can you imagine that? How's that picture, by the way? <laughs> Me walking around like that by myself in my house. <laughs> How sad is that? <laughs> then I thought, you know what? You know what's weird and kind of weirdly scary? <laughs> Teeth that aren't too big, but just big enough to be really off-putting to someone. So I, so I said, make me some like teeth. And then I had this idea for mold on my face. And I just said, all right. I said, how about this? What do you think? And he goes, well, okay. we, we never rehearsed it. We never rehearsed it. We just, he, I just showed up and started doing that. And I thought, this is either going to work or not work. Um, and Tim was awesome. It he just worked. went nuts. It yeah. worked. So which is your favorite ad-lib line? One that you're most proud of, if you can um, pick one out. Well, I mean, that whole, that riff I kind of like when I, I don't, um, when I do that, I'm kind of selling something. I dress up in some kind of really bad faux cowboy wear, and there's a cow, a big plastic cow thing. And I kind of made this goofy little song up um, because there was a guy in, in uh, man, there's so many. I can't, rem- I can't remember. I do this really ridiculous dance that I love. But, but then, but the thing I'm referring to, there was a guy in L.A. when I moved out there named Cal Worthington. I don't know if I remember mm-hmm. this guy. Yeah. He had a late night. It was always on late at night, and yeah. he sold cars. Yeah. <laughs> and his thing was, I'll eat a bug. I'm Count Worthington, and I'll eat a bug if you don't. And he would eat a bug if you if I forgot what the deal was. <laughs> and he'd wear a cowboy hat every once in a while. And I thought, oh, I want to do something like that. I don't know what that is, but, uh, you know. So, but there were so many, you know. And then Tim was great because if you did something, he went, oh, yes, do that. And then walk over here and, and do that. Like when I... When I walk over and do the 
kick the tree over and go, you know, I think it was, there was some joke. It might have been a nice model, but then I threw in the F word. <laughs> and grabbed my crotch. I thought, you know what somebody told me? I don't know if it's true or not. Somebody told me the sensor, you know, they used to send somebody into a screening room uh-huh. and that pick things and go, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't say that. Nope. Someone told me she fell asleep during that period and missed it. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true or not, but so we got away with saying that. Oh, man, I've got two more for you here, Michael Keaton. Celebrity, true or false? True or false, you negotiated a break in your Batman contract in case the Pirates made the playoffs. Is yes. that true? That's- true, true. Yeah, it was kind of an ongoing thing for several movies. But by the way, they all... And that's when they were good. But yeah. imagine them doing it now. They'd go, fine, don't worry about that. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> No problem. That's the first yes they get from legal. So, but this is back when obviously we're talking about the Bonds, Van Slyke, yeah, Pirates, yeah. right? That's yeah, what we're man. talking about. They were in it. They were always in it. Oh always man, the those. Jim Leland smoking yeah. heaters in between innings type. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay, and then the last one for you: true or false? You and Martin Mole improvised the two twenty, two twenty-one, whatever it takes exchange in Mister Mom. Is that true? False. Or false? Totally Martin's line. Totally Martin Mull's line. He he goes, uh, well, we, I mean, we did. I ended up saying it. Yes. But he goes, uh, um, we're, well, I'll tell you what did get improvised. Like moments before, not improvised, I said to the prop guy, I said, you know, I need something in this scene. Uh, you know, this guy's really insecure right now. He's panicked. You know, I think something. And I go, yeah, you don't have any tools. And, uh, you know, give me, like, and I was looking for some tools, and, and then either he mentioned a chainsaw or I did, and he was so great, he, like, ran to the proper room, scrambled around, came out, and I said, yeah, 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 perfect. And then he handed me the goggles. He said, you want these? I go, absolutely, give me those. <laughs> so so then we started shooting the scene and, and doing that, and um, that line, you know, the setup is, uh, so I'm telling him how I'm working on a house, and I don't know what I'm doing, and he says, so you're going to wire it? You know, two twenty, and then and then I I kind of I think originally what I did was I kind of fake it. I go, uh, yeah, or something like that. And he he says, you know what you should say, say two twenty, two twenty one. You know, I, I think he's either I said whatever it takes. Or he did, but yeah, he, he came up with that. Well, I mean, he's as uh, he's as legendary as they come, man. I mean, Martin yeah. Mole for the Fernwood tonight. I mean, and you you've been just. This has been an amazing uh, conversation, Michael, and um, I, 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 I barely just scratching the surface on everything. Spotlight, Birdman are just incredible films thanks, that thanks. you are yeah. in. The Trial of the Chicago Seven. I mean, obviously, um, what we just talked about as well. The Protege. You also have Worth coming on Netflix in yeah, September, and, and then Dope Sick, which dope is. Sick. I'm already making appointment viewing for that on Hulu on October 13th. Yeah, it's, I've seen some of it. Honestly, I, it's 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 awfully good. It's it's really really good. And man, it's it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna be eye opening. I think uh, for a lot of people. Before I leave, you know what I keep asking people to mention, and sometimes they remember, and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this is a male centric show, probably, but okay. people don't talk about how great Terry Gar was, you know, and, oh, and, and, and Mr. Mom, I and Mr. Mom, but in all that stuff, young Frankenstein, people forget, man, she was, she was it, you know, she was, she was funny and smart and witty and, and quirky and charming and great looking. And that, it, there are very few people that mention her now, like when they mention the really funny women, 
So I, I always try to mention her. No question. I, we were talking about, again, prior to the show, like which one of your films from your way back in the day filmography we could ask you about. And I mentioned how terrific Terry Gar was beforehand. Oh, good for you. No, great, no, no question great. about it. Wasn't she? She was also, I think, in the conversation too, yes. which is a, a great, yes. brilliant movie that people don't talk about. From and also that Coppola. beautiful movie. Uh, she plays the mom. Doesn't she play the mom in Black Beauty? Uh, that that uh, really awesome uh, with she, Mickey. I'm not kidding. This gorgeous movie about the, uh, this kid and his horse. Yeah. It's stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And, I remember um, Young Frankenstein, uh, as you pointed yeah, out, too. Yeah, I mean, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware, too, but tomorrow is the 38th anniversary of the premiere of Mr. Mom, Michael Get Taylor. out, really? That's a fact. Wow. The day before the protege. There yeah. you go. Look yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, that's a tiny, that's a class, a little classic. All right, I'm going to leave you alone. Newton. Michael Keaton. Was, no, you're no. A good, you're Please. a good dog, man. I know that. You and I share that love of animals and dogs. I, we, uh, my wife and I, we have two beautiful rescues at home, and yeah. uh, life is good, certainly yeah. when we get a chance to connect. Um, I'd love to do this again whenever you want, right, Michael Keaton. This place okay, is open to you, and enjoy the Steelers season. We'll chat okay, down the line. Okay, man. You got it. That's Michael Keaton, everybody, at Michael Keaton on Twitter, at Michael Keaton Douglas on Instagram. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a Rich Eisen Best Up. In the city of Philadelphia, Ben Simmons has made it known, apparently, he wants out. In Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Inquirer reporting that uh, Simmons is told Sixers brass he no longer wants to be a Sixer and does not intend to report to training camp, according to multiple sources. How does this complicate matters? Does it complicate matters? Because I'll tell you what, as I saw Ben Simmons perform in the playoffs this year and the way that the Philadelphia fans reacted... And that even in the thumbs down stuff with the Mets, mm-hmm. who in their first game back with their fans, thumbs upping and thumbs downing, scored five in the ninth in their first game of the split doubleheader against the Marlins. The guy who slid across home plate into the arms of fellow thumbs downer, hugging it all it. out with the fans going nuts. That's how he had to do it. Javi Baez against, with Francisco Lindor mm-hmm. against the Marlins. Not against the fans, against the Marlins. We'll discuss that a little bit later. But with all this thumbs down, thumbs up stuff and boo and all that business, 
the one thing that the fans definitely can't tolerate in the Northeast, most places too, boo, you struck out, boo, you dropped the ball. I mean, at least the guys are trying, right? Simmons passing up a shot and passing it off. Passing up a shot, bunny. Dunk. Dunk. Just to pass it off. That's the stuff that Philadelphia fans will not be able to brook. They cannot compute. They will not accept. That's why I thought Simmons' career in Philadelphia was over. I said it. I literally, what, within 24 hours. Like, that's it. That's a wrap. So him saying I want out makes sense. He knows it too. He's no dummy. He gets it. He sees it. And according to Chris Broussard, Fox Sports, we don't quote him too much around here, but (laughs) what he said this morning definitely caught my attention. He said that Simmons wants out and has told everybody that he will go to any of the 29 other teams to play. So that's a good thing because normally when somebody says, <laughs> I want out. There's a list. There's a list. And there's also ties the hands of management to make the best possible sure, trade. Sure, sure, sure. If he says, I'll go anywhere <laughs> else, name it, in the NBA, not named Philadelphia, that makes things a little bit easier. So he's not even tying the hands of management. And it kind of does dovetail with the fans because the door that they would like to hit on the ass of Ben Simmons as he's leaving Philadelphia, they don't care. They'll you any other team other than ours, we're happy you can play for. So kind of like dovetails. So I don't hear this news today and think this is a problem. This is that no, no, no. The writing was so on the wall. Simmons saw the writing. He knows the writing. He doesn't want to live the writing anymore. Why would he? He's an incredibly talented guy with a huge upside in his career. You know, nine more figures to make in just his next contract, right? Still very young. Yeah. So why stick with this crap? So I, I don't understand any Sixer fan outrage today because you you made it clear you don't want him around anymore. Who said there's Sixer fan outrage? I'm seeing some people here today on on my Twitter feed. I know I, I know you're not outraged. You want him out. You've told him get him out, and you'd like to swap him out for Damian Lillard, which I say good luck to you on that front. Yeah, I mean, also but, I I heard yesterday at initial reports that he went today. to go to any three of the three California teams. That was the first thing that came. Well, out. so the Kings, the Lakers, or the Clippers well, were initially a, just bought a house here. Mr. Yeah. Broussard uh mentioned the other 26 are fine with him as well. By the way, and make make that 20 28. I don't want him in Boston. Bye-bye. And and by the way, Rich, it's not that I wanted him out, like but I did realize that at that point mm-hmm. knowing Sixers fans, knowing Philly fans, there was no coming back. There was like, no coming back. So yeah, it, no. it's not like if I, even if I won this day, chances are it's not going to happen. So just oh, give me a I game. saw a tweet today that somebody tweeted out, uh, retweeting the, uh, <clears throat> that got tweeted into my timeline, that this was uh, like an accountant storming out of his firm because they asked him to multiply. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to do what? <laughs> so that's why I'm saying there are some people who view this as him quitting on it. All I knew were reciprocal fractions. So it kind of dovetails. 
City doesn't want him. He doesn't want the city. And he'll go any other city. So that's a good way to let the management know I want out and trade me anywhere. You go for it. Yeah. I, I, so again, it, Rich, I'm not sure how how much outrage there is from Philly fans uh, because okay. I'm seeing a lot of like well, memes of Embiid like showing them the door. Well, on the Embiid fact here, he got upset because there was a story out in the Twitterverse today from, I guess, at the NBA Central that the reason why Simmons is leaving is because there's such a terrible rift between him and Embiid that the Sixers reportedly had a pick between the two. We all know Embiid got the big fat contract and now Simmons is being shown the door. And USA Today is reporting that that's part of the reason and he was very upset about that. He retweeted out about how he loves playing with Ben. Stats don't lie. He's an amazing player. We all didn't get the job done. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because we know we're good enough to win. And then I guess Embiid kept stewing on it a little bit and then uh, tweeted out, I haven't forgotten, but two years ago, I got booed. People in Philly wanted me to be traded. I even shushed them. Only the real ones didn't, but I just put the work in that offseason to be better because I knew I wasn't playing up to my potential, which is okay. Then here comes the last line. Philly fans, y'all got to be better. He had me up until then. Ah! <laughs> now, he's caping for Simmons here, right? Because Philly fans got all over Ben. And again, some athletes are not cut out for Northeast fandom and competition. It's a different place it's different different honestly i've grew up in new york city i now go to games at dodger stadium it's totally different i remember one time you know when it was a a subway series and angels owner michael eisner was sitting next to um the executive who was in charge of the dodgers at the time it was a movie executive who then was in charge of the dodgers whose name is escaping me right now And they were watching the Subway Series together. I mean, the uh, Freeway Series together. Angels, Dodgers, they were sitting together. And I thought to myself, there's no way on this green earth Steinbrenner and Wilpon would ever take in a Subway Series game together. (laughs) Not a chance. Not a chance ever. Oh, yeah, let's have some camaraderie. It's all it's all one big happy fun with the Subway Series. And all. Uh, no, that's not the way it would be. The Freeway Series, yeah. Subway Series, no. It's a different spot, man. And if you were getting booed because you're missing shots and then you don't take your shot, it's tough to handle. So is Embiid saying the Philly fans who got on Simmons is the reason why they're gone? Because Embiid is one of the athletes who can handle the Northeast in competition. A few minutes later, I'm sure his timeline got really ugly. He put up for clarity. I love the criticism. I love when I'm told I can't do something. It makes me work harder to prove everyone wrong. But not everyone is built like that. Hashtag fact. I added that hashtag. It's not a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. So if the Sixers did choose between Embiid and Simmons... Not because of a rift 
It's because Doc Rivers knows exactly what I'm talking about after playing some backcourt for the Knicks. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. And he knows what's what. And I'm sure Daryl Morey knows what's going on too. And it's fine if Simmons can't take the Philadelphia heat and wants to get out of the kitchen. That's fine. It's absolutely fine. But Embiid also perhaps has heard some Philly fans say some awful, awful stuff. And again, like I told you, you have every right to go to a game and boo somebody for a poor performance if you feel so. And you have every right to boo somebody for lack of effort, passing up a bunny, because potentially you're concerned you can't even dunk it. But if you say something beyond the pale, and we all know what that means, then you don't have a right to do that. I don't know if that's what Embiid is saying or if Embiid went even twitching in the Javi Baez direction of, hey, you know, stick with us. Stick with us. We're human beings too. Stick with us. You're not really helping matters. And maybe Embiid's saying, you're not helping matters to the point where Simmons is now leaving town. And he's good enough the two of us could win. Except they never could mesh in a way that made it seem like it was going to work. And now they're added a whole bunch of shooters around them, best they could. It could have worked. It could have worked. It but he, did but he for, can't, but he can't for, be on the for court. a couple of months. Oh, he can't be on the court had, in the last eight minutes. So, like, he can't be out there. All Ben Simmons had to do was dunk that ball. And dunk I'm, it hard. He's 6'10". Just throw Trey Young was right there. Trey Young is 5'6". Like, he's not. <laughs> and Ben Simmons is 7'4". He's not stopping. Uh, I, I know. He's not stopping him. There. But and, that's and why that, it, it was that's about, the moment, Rich, it was about between the temples. Yeah, that that's the moment that these fans turned on him. And Embiid is right. Much like Mets fans, Philly fans are. Especially Sixers Twitter is really even after wins, man. If you go and read Keith Pompey, whose tweet we put up, just go read like the comments after every Sixer game. It's just like you would have thought, even when they win by ten, you would have thought they lost by twenty. I guess again, if you have a problem between the temples, it's difficult to play between Temple and Villanova. (laughs) Ah, thank you so much. I literally just thought of that between my (laughs) temples. 